quite unusual. Hello and welcome to the Quite Unusual podcast. I am Nicole. And I am Noelle. And we are your hosts. We and sure are. One, hold on one second. What? Our sound levels are different. What? We're just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna, gonna bring those together. Thoughts on that? Do you oh. want to do another sound check? Because that was completely different. Was that a cat maybe doing that? Let's I'm going to say a small baby did small, walk up here. A small, tiny uh, Siamese cat maybe? Possibly. Okay, let's do that. All right, and we are back. We did it. We did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. Our levels, do they sound even now? I'm going to say Is they it, sound level. They sound pretty level. They sound level. We'll let you listeners be the judge of that. Yes. But, um yeah. Also, I guess while we're here, shout out to Rode for giving me this sweet baby to play with every day. Hell his yeah. Little, his little knobs of twist and turn. Shout out to Rode for the new mics, the mixer, yeah. the, these sick ass headphones. Yeah. Honest, the, yeah, it's really hurting my ear right now, but I'm just going to fight through this. Rode hose for life. Rode well, yeah, I mean, maybe I told you you don't need to wear them. Noelle just got her ears pierced, so. For the first time. <laughs> No, okay, what happened was I went and I got a helix piercing, which is like at the top of like your ear, and um mm-hmm. and I had like a little post in it and was like, you know what? I wanna put this put a ring in because the post was like bothering Isn't the it fuck just out a of cartilage? Me. Yeah, well it's called a helix, it's like oh, the zone. That's, that's the official. That's the official. That's the bone zone right there, baby. Mm. Um and the the little post was like bothering me and I got it like four weeks ago. And I was Googling, like, should I change this? And everyone's like, absolutely not. So last night I changed it. So she did. And um, it hurts so much. And then I posted on Reddit this morning, hey, guys, I did this. And everyone's like, you're so fucking dumb. What were they saying? Are they? They're like, like don't do it. Why would you do that? Put wh- the post back in. What is What bad can come of you doing that? So though? supposedly a ring, like, it'll turn and then, like, delay healing. But, like, a post won't. But the issue is that the post was so long Either side was getting caught in my hair constantly, oh. and it was getting like ripped like back and forth and moving all over. Yeah. And since I put this ring in, granted, it's very swollen, but it has not <laughs> moved at all, and I just feel like it's a better option for me. So I'm gonna ride it out. Worst case, I get gangrene in my ear, and we have to cut it off. I and that's fine. Fuck. I, <clears> Patreon content. I'm a Picasso fan. Should we like? Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Patreon. For Patreons only, me cutting your ear off. Yeah, Nick Picasso's no. <laughs> I think it would be great content. Call me Picasso from now Picasso. on. Picasso. All right. So much. Deal. Okay. Um, I want to talk about a movie that probably most people have seen. I have been obsessed with it, and we just watched it last night. Oh, yeah. I watched it for the first time. It was my third time watching it. No big deal. But, um, if y'all haven't seen Barbarian... Do yourselves a favor and watch it. It's on HBO Max. I don't want to be dramatic right now, but I'm going to use the word cinematic masterpiece. Cinematic masterpiece. It is quite possibly one of the greatest horror movies, Yep. nay, movies, I have ever in my life seen. And we watch a fuck ton of we movies. We watch, yeah. I would say it's probably my favorite movie of the year oh, thus yeah. far. Oh, yeah. I mean, the year's almost over. Yeah, so. but... um. Like everyone's been saying, don't look it up. Don't no, read anything don't about know it. Don't anything about it. Go into it blind and then just sit back and let it just 
perform its magic in front of your eyes. Let it serenade your eye sockets. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I am the worst type of person to some people, and I like to read plot synopses before. She, she yeah. <laughs> She likes to read the endings before she watches a movie because she's a fucking insane person. I don't don't like to be too scared. (laughs) I'll be a scaredy cat. So I was going to read it um, because, like, some wacky shit was happening. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm so scared all the Mm -hmm. time now. And I pulled up the Wikipedia and I thought, what would Nicole do? Nicole would slap this phone out of my hand and then fucking punch me right in the face. (laughs) No. And you were like one room away. So I thought if you see me reading on my phone, you're going to do exactly that. So I just put Mm -hmm. my phone down and I watched it like a red blooded American. Mm -hmm. And I don't regret doing that. It was fucking scary. It was fucking amazing. It was like, I don't want to give anything away, but it was. Yeah. The directing is so good. And if anyone watched, I don't know if anyone used to watch the whitest kids, you know, the sketch comedy troupe on IFC, um, they had a show. Yeah. One of the guys from that group is the writer and director, Zach Kreger. Yeah. The so, one that played Abraham Lincoln. Now you fucked up. Yeah. He's hammering my, fu- my butt. <laughs> yeah. Freaking, that was like one of my favorite shows of probably all of all time. And now yeah. that he's come out and he's like, can write really well and directs really well. Yeah. It's like a lot yes. of like really great comedic minds also really like horror. Yeah. Well, because they know how to write. Yeah. It's, it's all about a, the writing. Exactly like us. We're funny, we're hot, and we love horror. And we once played Abraham Lincoln in a sketch comedy. I've hammered a few butts. True. <laughs> I've hammered so many butts. You don't even want to know. What's the over-under on the butt hammer? <laughs> so, yeah, go watch Barbarian. Yeah, we also, we watched three movies yesterday. We like did. Like, freaking hooligans. Two out of three were good. Yes. One was possibly the worst movie. So terrible. Uh, not even, like, good, bad. You no. know what I mean? You know how, like, yeah. some movies, like, Thanks Killing, which is my favorite turkey-themed horror movie. <laughs> Um, Santa's sleigh are like so bad that like they're very like it comes full circle and it's good. Yeah, of course. Uh, we watched Terrifier two yesterday mm-hmm. and it was just bad. Uh, yeah, there was just it was just honestly my review is watch it for the practical effects mm-hmm. and nothing mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. The practical effects were pretty cool. It was extremely yeah. gory. Sometimes to the extent of where you're just like this is kind of overkill gory. I'm gonna say it was. It was yeah. borderline, like, so much gore that it became boring. And I'm watch. a gore, I'm a gore whore. You are. I love gore. And for me, it was just like, this isn't good. It wasn't even, like, cool gore. No. It was, it was just, like, like, a lot. Oh, he's hacking her apart. Was she still alive? He's sawing her kneecap off. Cool. Yeah. He's done that five times in the last 45 yeah. minutes. And just the whole plot line just didn't make any sense Oh, my all. God. It was like they tried so hard to make a plot line happen. Uh-huh. That it was just fucking dirty. And, you know, I love Art the Clown. I oh, love, yeah. I loved Terrifier the first. All I like Hallows the concept Eve. of it. I love a, a murder mime. Give yeah. it to me, dude. And they're, apparently they're making a third one. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, yeah. And Chris Jericho was at the end of the second one for yeah. no reason. It's because he's trying to fucking John Cena his way into like into a horror. rock style status. <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, did you know that? Now I can't even think of his name. John Cena? No. Batista. He's trying to like do that thing that like all wrestlers are doing now where it's like, oh, I can also be an actor like uh, Batista, but he's actually genuinely like a good actor. Right. Or like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, America's sweetheart. Um, David Batista. Dave Batista. That's there you go. I knew he had a first name. Nope. He's like Madonna. It's just Batista. Sure, so. Uh-huh. Does Madonna have a last name? 
Nope, she's Madonna, Madonna. Madonna. Share, share. Share, share. Batista, Batista. Batista, Batista. <laughs> so, Jessic. Uh We also watched Don't Worry, Darling, which I will not tell you anything about That's that. another one. Don't read anything. No. Just watch it. I knew. I knew. I thought I knew. And then yeah. the internet was like, you don't know. And I was like, oh, I didn't Ooh, know. Okay. That was good. And it tore apart a marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's my favorite kind of movie. The one that makes very, Jason Sudeikis yeah. try to kill himself. <laughs> very female forward, this one. Yeah. Even, uh, out, even outside of the plot. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a salad recipe. There's a salad recipe. There's, Apparently it's the greatest salad recipe of all time. And Ted Lasso tried to kill himself over it. And I love that. <laughs> but he, didn't he like lay in front of a car? He laid in front of a car. When That is the lamest. That's not trying. That's like, do it. It It was like to like stop her from leaving with the salad or something. (laughs) Like, I don't even think I made that up. I think that that's actually what happened. He's like, you can't leave with the salad. I'm Ted Lasso. I've never seen that show, but I assume that that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's Um, all about salad. It's it's just, that's what it's about. And Jason Sudeikis tried to freaking kill himself over the salad. So I love that. Um, if you guys can't tell. I love uh, that for him. I love that for us, to be honest. I love that for Olivia Wilde. I love that for her. Because, like, how good is that salad? It's got to be fucking great. Good enough great. to get Harry Styles and make Jason Sudeikis try to kill himself. Good and Yeah, good enough to bag Harry Styles <laughs> and make Jason Sudeikis lay in front of a car. That's... <laughs> if you have a recipe that good... I mean, fuck yeah. You just get to be president, I yeah, think. You, yep. That's how... That's the law. That's how it works. If you want... If you want, Here's, or you can just be a director. Here are the nuclear codes. You get to decide what profession you want to be good at. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just make a salad, and then everyone in the world's like, whatever you want. A salad once. Take it. I bet that salad could solve world peace. Like, it could, like, create, like, all of harmony that. across all nations. It would, yeah. It would solve, like, uh, global warming. Yeah. Like every every world crisis. Yeah. Hunger. Hunger, It too. would, yeah. Just... Let Literally and figuratively. Yes. Yes. Morally. That's a morally correct mm-hmm. salad. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, i I got to get that recipe, man. <sighs> okay. So what are we talking about? Sorry. Not salads. Uh, <laughs> this isn't an episode about salad? Uh, Fuck. No. I will make one, though. We'll make a history of salads, okay? okay. It won't be scary or cool for anyone but me. We will hound Olivia Wilde on gonna, social media until she gives up that recipe. I'll get blocked. I'll lay in front of a car. I'll do what I have to do, man. <laughs> I'll lay in front of a car for that recipe. So, uh, obviously, it's still, in our opinion, spooky season because that yeah. goes through the end of the year. I mean, all of our decorations inside and out are still up. So mm-hmm. It's true. That's the way it is. It's true. So, uh, today is Halloween, whatever day you're listening to this. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. That's right. Okay. Um, and since it's Halloween, we're going to get spooky dooky. We've, again, we've been pounding just, like, endless Halloween candy. We've been watching movies nonstop. Uh, we trick-or-treat at our neighbor's house to the extent where one of them called the cops on us. They're like, it's November 12th. What are you doing? They There is literally a restraining order against us currently because yeah. we, it, we refuse to stop trick-or-treating. Honestly, it's just Chad, so it's like, who cares? Yeah, I mean, like, what's he going to do? Call the cops again? Again, like yeah. he's already done it five times. You know where we live, Chad. Big deal. I'm not. I'm not scared of you. No I'm not a scared of you. No one cares, Chad. Yeah, fucker. So today, I want to talk about Halloween. Let's do it. I want to talk about history of it. I want to do a lot of like trick or treaties, all the good stuff. Yeah, we're trying something new where this is like completely Noel led episode. Yeah. So I don't want to say I'm super sweaty and have anxiety <laughs> right now, uh, but I do. Good luck. 
Okay. I get to be a listener. I'm going to throw up Along with the listeners, but you guys can't say anything. I'm the only one that can, so hopefully. Say, say lots of things so I don't feel... Hopefully so I, I channel your, I don't know, the listener. Open your third eye. Go into the future. Take what the listeners are going to say. Put it in your face hole. Mm. Okay, got it. And let her out when you need to. Got it. Let it out like Jason Sudeikis let out a scramble when he almost hit by a car. <laughs> Over a salad. Over a salad. All right, so the history of trick-or-treating, uh, which is what I started originally researching, because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with this concept of children coming to your house in costume and being like, candy, now. Yeah. Thank so you. So are, you, are we doing, like, Halloween in the U.S. or, like, so Samhain? we – it started out as just trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. and then I was like, well, we're going to kind of go back. we got to talk about Halloween. we yeah. got to talk about OG Halloween. we got to talk about the origins. And then this just snowballed into, basically, this is just an episode about all Halloweens. All Hallows' Eves. Yes, um. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. Do you know much about the origins of Halloween? Um, In what sense? Like, the pagan Samhain, like, yeah, like, tradition? Yeah, like, what percentage of, like, or Halloween like knowledge do you think you have? Halloween. Like, like, like OG, like, where she came from. Oh, uh, mm. I mean, is this a time I'm being tested right now? I would mm-mm, say, mm-mm. I mean, I know I know about Samhain and like Celtic pagan traditions and how mm. they kind of were manipulated or made their way over here. So like yeah. certain things that we do for Halloween actually has origins. And Nicole's like, break dancing while she's saying this. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I would say I don't like know, a, like a light expert, a light, a light, a light. Samhain expert. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. She's the queen of Samhain. Samhain? There is Samhain. All right, so Halloween started, like you just said, uh, like honestly most holidays that we celebrate as a pagan festival. Mm-hmm. Samhain, which is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, and everyone pronounces Samhain. Don't ever say that. Uh, it's not. It's Samhain. Samhain. It is. Uh, this is a festival that was held at the end of October, beginning of November, to celebrate the end of... Of the fall harvest in the beginning of the dark months. This was also the Celtic New Year, so it was a pretty big deal. Since the weather got dark and cold and all of the crops began to die, the Celts naturally tied in death with the festival. They believed that this is when the veil between the world of the dead and the world of the living was the thinnest, and that the ghosts of the dead would return to Earth. Which, I mean, we kind of, you know, carried that over, right? Yeah, I mean, all the spooky things, like... Ouija boards on Halloween and all that. Yeah. Definitely. Actually, it's pronounced Owaje. Owaje? Owaje. Hwaje? Hwaje. 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 What if it was? It was like Hwaje. I would never say it. I would just never say that word then. Hwaje. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing with your mouth right now, but it's making me extremely uncomfortable. It feels, it feels good. Hwaje. I feel like it's, you know, like nails on a chalkboard. That's kind of like... How it feels in my ear parts. Look me in the eye. Clash. <laughs> so there were. Make it stop. Ooh, there were trickster ghosts, and they would come and they would damage property and crops. But they also told little secrets and made little predictions about the years to come. Hmm. The Celtic druids would take the prophecies foretold to them by these spirits and use them to explain what the new year would bring, and just basically like farmers' almanac style, like. 
it's going to be super cold this year, so we should plant these crops or like whatever. And they would just like channel like the spirits of their ancestors. And Oh, so spirits told them like everything that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. They prophesized everything. Cool. A large celebration would be held on the eve of Samhain where large bonfires were built. Crops were burned like like corn stalks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Animals were sacrificed and food was shared. The Celts also wore costumes. Mm. Yeah, I knew it was a fire festival. I knew, like, bonfires and was a huge part of it, too. Yeah, so. it was, like, a massive part. And, I mean, fire is, like, rebirth, too. And it was a new year, so they'd burn all the old shit and, like, mm-hmm. in with the new. Every Halloween, my dad usually has. Well, he's just, like, a outdoorsman, like, loves a fire. Yeah. So every Halloween, he, like, brings his fire pit to the, our front lawn and just, yeah. like, sits outside and has a fire and just, like, drinks beers and hands out candy. It's like his thing. He's like, catch this candy over the fire, children. Yeah. And actually, he's very Irish. So maybe it's like. He feels drawn to the flame. His ancestors are calling to him, you know, to do the. I don't know. Ask Larry what he saw in the fire this year. His Celtic uh, predictions. His Celtic ancestors, (laughs) what they foretold to him. I will. He's probably too drunk to remember, so I don't know. I don't know how. As he should be. (laughs) So some people wore costumes to hide from the ghosts that came to Earth, and others did it to celebrate their return. So you would, I feel like, I don't know, maybe you wronged someone. You'd be like, well, I'm going to put on this fake mustache so he doesn't know that I'm here. Mm. Or you would dress up, I don't know, in a way that your ancestors would see you and notice you, so they'd be drawn to you, and you guys could hang out again. Tell you good things about the future. Hopefully. The fires were left burning all night to symbolize protection and warmth in the coming winter months. The ashes from these fires would then be used to darken the faces and the bodies of the attendees the next day in order to deceive any haunting spirits that may have come back to correct any wrongs that had been done to them in the living world. So again, this is just like, I'm going to say blackface. But, like, before that was a thing, they just, like, totally, like, darkened their bodies with this ash so that people wouldn't, like, or, I'm sorry, not people, so, ghosts wouldn't, like, see them. So, They'd, like, like the, blend in. Oh, so, like, they're, like, in the shadows. Yeah, in the darkness. This practice was called guising, and eventually this transitioned from basically blackface to wearing, like, masks that people would make. Yeah, I'd definitely w- much rather wear a mask than just cover my pores and ashes. I bet it is so hard to get that shit out of your eyes. Right. Like everywhere. Mm. And this, the crevices that it lived in. And no one had showers. No. No, I don't think. No one, no one did. I don't think I'd like to do that. No. A living person would recognize the spirit of a loved one and then they could reveal themselves from underneath their masks but otherwise remain safe from the unwanted attention of darker forces by simply putting their mask back on. So practical use as well. You didn't have to hmm. wipe off the ash and be like, it's me. Ted Lasso. It's me, Jessica. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The Roman Empire conquered the Celtic lands by the year 43 and combined Samhain with their similar festival called Feralia. I may be saying words wrong, but I'm not saying Samhain wrong. That's all I know. Feralia? Yeah. Cool. Feralia is a two-day festival to celebrate the passing of the dead and then the following day to honor the Roman goddess of fruit and trees, Pomona. So, like, again, death into birth. Mm. Pomona's symbol was the apple, which was incorporated into the festival heavily. I saw a few places online that this is why people bob for apples. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Like, all, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, all of, like, mm-hmm. the old traditions somehow, 
like have like been passed through the years, like even like carving pumpkins and shit. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into that. Oh yeah, I know we will. Oh yeah, we, we But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So big big apple guy, this Pomona. The Romans also had a festival that took place in early May that was dedicated to placating the angry spirits or the restless dead. The festival developed from a pair of observances held earlier in the year, Paternalia and like Ferelia, so they combined both of these. During all of these festivals, the living were expected to visit the graves of their lost loved ones and leave them little gifts. The gifts were typically grains or salt, sometimes bread soaked in wine, and wreaths accompanied by violet petals. Violets were huge in Roman culture. Violets symbolized innocence and modesty, and they were always used in Roman funerals as a remembrance for the dead. Yeah, Rome was called, like, the Violet City at some point, and, like, apparently it's really? just constantly smelled like violets, which it's sounds delightful. Sounds delightful. Doesn't it? Yeah. There's a whole lore behind violets, but honestly, it's just, it's, like, a lot. So, um... So, does it have anything to do with Halloween? It does, because it's, like, they use it to, like, summon, like, dead spirits and, like, use it at, like, funerals and shit. Mm. But it was just, like, this whole thing, so maybe I'll research it and we can do, like, a Patreon exclusive, but I don't make any promises. You guys should probably just look it up, though, if you're like, oh, what's going on with this Violet situation? Just look it up and then let me know. Actually, that'd be great. And then you guys produce your own podcast for us to listen to <gasps> because it's only fair. Yes. So Sunrise, sunset. <laughs> During the yes, that's fair. <laughs> Just with that one episode, that's all we ask. Yes, and don't be successful, or we will be jealous. <laughs> don't be more successful than us. No, yeah. no. I mean, we support you, but yeah, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, just okay. Carry, okay. Carry. During the 18th century, the Catholic Church started cracking down on these pagan traditions, effectively replacing Samhain with All Saints Day or All Hollow Tide. That's just three words put together. They one. shoved all the words together. That's not. We're not. We can't. We're not doing that. It's not all hollow tide. It's all hollow tide. All hollow tide. All hollow tide. <laughs> this was a day to remember the dead, specifically saints or hollows, as they were referred to, martyrs and the faithful who had passed. So basically, they're like, "Uh, did Jesus love you? Yeah. And then we're gonna celebrate you on all hollow tide. All hollow tide. Yes." The night before it was referred to as Hallow's Eve or Halloween as it was just like shortened and like because they love to shove words together. So it went from all hollow tide to Halloween. All hollow tide was the day. The day before that, oh, the night before Halloween. was Hallow's Eve. Gotcha. Which Halloween, Hallow's Eve kind of okay. got smooshed together. At the end of the 12th century, Christianity brought in the tradition of purgatory criers who would dress in all black and walk through the streets ringing a bell and moaning loudly in remembrance of the poor souls that had died and were probably just, like, chilling in purgatory. That's not creepy or weird at all. It sounds so fucking spooky scary, dude. Why? Why? Just, like, head to toe black and they're like, oh! Uh. Ding dong! Ding dong! It's <laughs> fucking gross. Man. It was either really scary or just, like, really, really fucking annoying. I like, bet it was like, bull. <sighs> Man. Like the first time you hear like, oh, you're like, what the fuck is going right. on? And then like, you're just like, the purgatory criers are back. Shut the windows. Yeah. And like, there's always one that was like higher pitched than the rest. Like, like they, he was trying to outdo the rest. He was the Mariah of the crew. He was like, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
He was like the most annoying one. Yeah, and there was like the baritone one that everyone was like, Oh. <laughs> Franklin's out there. Did you guys hear him? Fucking Jesus Christ, this guy. The tradition of All Hallowtide cakes were also introduced. This included baking little cakes called soul cakes for those that had been christened to snack on. Soul cakes were marked with a cross because fucking everything was marked with a cross. <laughs> and the action of going door to door to hand out or collect these little cakes was called souling. So you would make tiny little cakes and then you'd go to your neighbors and they'd be like, uh, guess what? I also made little cakes. Here's some little cakes. And then you guys would just like swibbity swap little soul cakes. Exchanging of little soul cakes? Yeah. That sounds really cute. Honestly, exchanging little soul cakes sounds very Love cute. Love it. I would like a little soul cake party. Should we throw one? Can we? We love a theme party. We love it so much. We do. Can I be a purgatory whaler? <laughs> you can be the Mariah one and I'll be the baritone one. <laughs> you be Frank, I'll be Mariah. <laughs> yeah. Often the pores would be given. It's oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> great. Frank makes us talk. Oh. Oh. And the Catholic Church was like, guys, this is literally not about you. If we thought that our neighbors were calling the cops on us before, <laughs> they are in for a rude awakening. <laughs> Hello, 911. <laughs> our neighbors are moaning in different fucking tones. They might be throwing a party. They might be dying. They keep trying to give us these tiny cakes. They say, collect your soul or something. I don't know. I'm not going to eat them. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds pretty fun to me. I think it sounds fucking great. Oftentimes, the pores of this little village would be given the cakes to eat in exchange for prayers for the dead or for the family that gave the cake away. Some say that this is the origin of trick-or-treating, but I absolutely disagree. Oh, why? Because it's too Jesus-based. Yeah, it's but like, like everything was back then. Yeah, but trick-or-treating has a nasty origin. Oh, it's okay. like dark and dirty. And we'll I like get, it. We're going to get there. So much yeah. better than this. Yeah, so like if you were poor and you couldn't afford to like make these little soul cakes, you go to your neighbors and be like, I don't have any cakes for you, but I'll pray for you. And they're like, mm. that's fine, you dirty poor. And they like give you a little cake. And they're like, I'm not going to pray for you. Fuck you. And they like go home, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like whatever the other option is better. Yeah. We'll get we'll get there. What? Okay. Trick or treating is like nefarious and I fucking love it. Cool. Yeah. So we'll get into my thoughts later. Um it's dark, it's hilarious, it's uniquely American, and it's possibly <laughs> my favorite fact of all time. We'll get to it. Sounds dope. Solars would carry little lanterns made of hollowed out turnips with candles in them to light their way. Additionally, people would make these little lanterns and keep them near their doors as a guide for solars to say, like, hey, we have little soul cakes. Come get them. These are called soul lights, and this is the origin of the jack-o'-lantern. Mm. Have you ever seen a turnip jack-o'-lantern? I believe I have, actually. They're fucked up, man. Yeah, they're all creepy. Yeah, they're, they're great. Um, I'll share a picture of these little guys on all the social meds. They were specifically carved with, quote, grotesque faces. To either resemble or ward off evil spirits. Cool. So they're all, like, purposefully fucked up looking. Cool. Yeah. The first time the phrase jack-o'-lantern was used in print was 1836. So honestly, that's pretty recent, but they've been making these little turnip candles for, like, basically centuries. Mm -hmm. Now, there are very dumb names 
for some of these guys. Uh, I'd like to read my favorite ones to you. For the turnip? For the little, lanterns? little yeah, vegetable okay. lanterns. Um, Lantern, <laughs> which sounds like a McDonald's meal or something. Yeah, or like, yeah, a little kid's. It's like the happy, like a Happy Meal version. McLantern. Like, like a radish. McLantern. <laughs> yeah. Would you like fries with that or a McLantern? Uh, what flavor McLantern? Radish. Oh, you don't have any of the turnip ones? No, we're all out. I'm going to go fries. All right. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> they were also called Hoberty's Lantern. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to read these stupid words Who to you. Who is Hoberty? Uh, hold on. I'll tell you. Okay. I just thought it was stupid. I just want to say these words to you. Okay. So this one's from Worcestershire, England. So that's why it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> thought to derive thought to derive from the phrase hob, which is short for hobgoblin, and his friends, uh, which is like a real like Dobby style elf guy, like a hobgoblin okay. and friends. It was like a little company of hobgoblins and they like lived in your house and like did naughty things or cobbled your shoes at night. Either one, depending on the mood. Okay. Okay. Uh, they were also called hobo lanterns because of this or hobbity's lantern. I just want to say hobbity. Hobbity babbity. Hobbity babbity. Have you heard of a will of the wisp? No. Okay. Uh, for those of you that haven't. I'm uh, going to say most of us haven't. Really? Oh, I've heard of this. Really? Yeah. And like, I don't know Am anything. dumb? No, I think... I think maybe I was just a really, uh, I was had very specific interests as a child. I mean, we all did. Well, tell, like, tell us what a will of the wisp is. Okay, so a will of the wisp is a little light that can be seen floating around naturey areas like swamp or forests or fields. These are also called fairy lights. Have you heard of that? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, don't they have those? There's like that urban legend of like the the Paulding lights in yeah. Michigan and shit. Yeah, absolutely. Same shit. Hmm. Uh, that's also called Will o' the Wisp. Oh, it's like the okay. European version. Hmm. So these are believed to be little lanterns um, or like orbs of paranormal or fae origin. Cool. So this was also like they made the little jack o' lanterns to kind of resemble these as well, which cool. is sort of fun. And like you said, Paulding lights of Michigan, which we should do an episode on. Yeah, Very it's on my list for sure. Yes, or uh, Marfa lights. I've never heard of those, but that's, I my aunt actually requested that we do the Paulding lights. We should do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Marfa lights are just like the Texas version. Mm. Yeah, there's like a ton of them in like New Mexico because like obviously like we got that parallel going on there. Yeah, that d weird dimension hole. Yeah. Anyways, I bring this up because this seems to have something to do with the jack-o'-lantern origin story, which I would like to tell to you. In Western Europe, it was good luck to leave a small bowl of milk or cream outside of your door overnight to feed the house elves mm. or my cat Jade. <laughs> or hobgoblins are just like weird little spirits. That little fairies, about. little elementals. Yeah. These little dudes were also called Jack of the Bowls because they drank out of these little bowls like cats. And their name was Jack. Some of them probably. <laughs> the origin of this is a dude named Jacked. 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 <laughs> the, this guy's fucking Jacked. <laughs> jacked is Jacked. He's like a super strong fairy walking around like, I'll fucking for you. I'll fucking for you. <laughs> He's got an accent for some reason. The origin of this is a dude named Jack. Specifically, it comes from two places. One is a little guy called Stingy Jack, who was a blacksmith, who, for some reason, tries to trap the devil himself. So he makes this cross out of iron, and Jack tricks the devil into climbing an apple tree. 
This sounds so like off base of what I'm talking about right now. Okay. Just stay with me here, okay? Right. Once he was up there, Jack quickly places these iron crosses around the trunk, or he carved a cross into the bark, depending on what you're reading, um, so that the devil couldn't get down, because the devil apparently cannot cross crosses. Iron? Well, iron, because, oh my God, is the devil fey? I don't know, but iron's really like powerful. I know that. Yeah. So Jack agrees to let the devil go if the devil agrees to never take Jack's soul. Why does Jack think the devil's just going to take his soul? Did he do something bad? Well, he is stingy. He's very stingy. So. Stingy-ass guy. But he's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trick your devil. I'm never going to hell. <laughs> and he's like, a devil's never getting me soul. I was like, it's pronounced hell. Hell? Jack. This is why you're going there. Ew. That's why you keep saying it and you're going to go sooner. I'll see a difference between what I'm saying and what you're saying. <laughs> That's what he sounded like. So he's like, I'm going to fucking trick this devil. And like, he's never going to get my soul. Well, of course, you cannot make a regular deal with the devil. Only a monkey paw type deal. And the devil's like, yeah, okay, sure. I will never take your fucking soul. Like, I don't even want it. Like, honestly. Yeah, sure. Okay. You're pretty annoying. You keep calling me the Evo. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want it. Thanks. Promise. Yeah. So Jack dies, like, oh, however many years later. Mm-hmm. And God's like, oh, you can't come because you're a sinner. You can't get into heaven. So sorry. Oh. And Jack's like, fuck. <laughs> well, I see it coming. No, he's Australian. He really didn't think this through, did he? He super didn't. Uh, and the devil's like, uh, remember when you told me I could never take your soul? And Jack's Psych. like, I'll take it all back. But the devil's like, yeah, no, I keep my promises, bud. Sorry. And God's <gasps> like, oh, I'm busy. Purgatory. So poor Jack, his soul uh, has no resting place. And he is doomed to wander around eternity, never finding anywhere to go, basically. He's basically, like, homebound, making his way downtown. Walking fast. Faces passing. He's not homebound because he doesn't have one. (laughs) Jack wanders through the darkness for years until he finally asks the devil, "How, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to see at night with no lights to guide me anyway? And the devil's like, shut the fuck. Just stop talking. Stop speaking and I'll fucking help you. <laughs> All right, I said so, good deal. And the devil's like, Jesus, fuck. Like, wow. <laughs> Jeez, the devil says, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> he always takes the Lord's name in vain. It's true. That's pretty on brand for He's him. a pretty big fan of it. <laughs> so he throws a burning coal at Jack and Jack catches it. He carves a little turnip into a spooky little man face for some reason, and he puts the coal inside, and thus we have the jack-o'-lantern. Oh, okay. Yes, he's doomed to walk the earth forever without a resting place with his little jack-o'-lantern, jack of the lantern. Mm. And I like to think that this little turnip guy is sort of like Jack's Wilson, and Jack is like Tom Hanks from Castaway. Mm, Yeah, yeah. He's his only friend. He really fucked himself on that deal, didn't he? Yeah. He's like calling the devil. The devil's like, oh, I'm so busy today. I can't. I can't oh, you know what? I just, it's, something came up. It's all right. I got my friend Mr. Turnip over here. And they're just like good buddies. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. The people of Cornwall also have a similar story, but it's a woman called Joan of the Wad. That sounds stupid. For some fucking reason. 
Uh, and that's gross, and I refuse to entertain that idea for a single minute more. So we will never say Joan of the Wad again. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jack. Jack O'Lantern. Jack O'Lantern, mm-hmm. who tried to trick the devil. We don't call them Joan of the Wads. What just spoke to us? <laughs> what was that? Did you hear that? Yeah, what was that? Did it come out of the mixer? I don't think so. It was not my phone. It was not my phone. It sounded like it came out of the mixer, didn't it? Like a voice. Yeah. I wonder if it picked it up when I go back and edit that. Do you think that was Joan of the Wad getting pissed off? She is going to haunt my ass for saying that she sounds stupid. She's from Cornwall. It's fine. Oh, yeah, I'm You're not, not afraid, afraid of anyone. Anyway, don't be afraid of anyone from Cornland. I absolutely am not. <laughs> Good choice. All right. Well, that was a little weird. I don't know what just came out of somewhere in here. Uh, Rhoda. Rhoda's screaming at us. Hopefully that picked up. We'll see what I'm happens. Sure. So that's the origin of the jack-o'-lantern, basically. Um, and then our beloved Halloween came to America with the pilgrims. This whole celebration of, like, the dead and All Hallows' Eve and All Hallowtide came with the pilgrims to colonial New England. From what I saw, Maryland was huge into Halloween, like big fans. Like they were like the leaders in this. But the more northern colonies were very religious, so they didn't do a lot of the fun stuff like this. They'd just be like, we should probably go to church and pray and like prostrate ourselves in front of the Lord or whatever. So the pilgrims brought over like all of these passed down like pagan traditions traditions that – the Christians probably stole and yeah, like, like made adulter their own. and like yeah yeah cool. The first few Halloweens in um, New America were celebrated and they were called play parties. They would involve a lot of the Samhain traditions of telling stories about dead people, dancing, singing, telling fortunes, and predicting what the year would bring. Mm-hmm. In the late 1800s, Halloween took off in popularity. Like it was so hot right now. Honestly, <sighs> the Halloween is so hot right now. It's it's been hot since actually, honestly, mm-hmm. hotter than a coal and a turnip. <laughs> there was an attempt to make it a more positive community event and less about ghosts and fortune telling, but luckily that didn't take off. Yeah, that would have sucked pretty badly. Yeah, oh my god, can you imagine? After the arrival of the Irish to the United States, the tradition of carving turnips turned to pumpkins because of how plentiful they are in America. And it's like, it's so much easier to carve a pumpkin versus a turnip. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, have you ever seen how small a turnip is? Yeah. There's like way more room for activities on a pumpkin. So, so much. You so stencil, much. stencil anything on yeah. that. Literally anything. The Declaration of Independence. <laughs> if you wanted to, you could. You couldn't even fit like. But then Nick Cage might try to steal it. So it's probably been good, <sighs> you know. It's a national treasure. It is. Could you do a, a Nick Cage face? You could. You could probably fit that on a turnip, though. Uh, probably. Additionally, Guy Fawkes Day, which is November 5th, and is marked by the attempted burning of British Parliament, which, well, sorry, that didn't work out for you, mm. was no longer celebrated in the United States, but some of that vandalism tradition, it did stick. Of course it did. Because if America loves one thing. <laughs> it's vandalism. It's, it's a chaos and carnage. On October 31st, it was tradition now to vandalize any home or business pretty much indiscriminately. <laughs> it's just tradition now. Yeah. The tradition of souling, which, you know, remember going door to door to pick up or deliver little treats and cakes, was also still very popular. Um, but this night became known as Devil's Night or Mischief Night, depending on where where you live. 
the region. Sometimes also called Cabbage Night. Cabbage Night. Yeah. Isn't Devil's Night the day before Halloween, the night before Halloween? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a 72-hour festival, basically, at this point. In Detroit, they just, like, burned. Oh, we'll get to it. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Well, we'll get to it. was it Philadelphia? I don't know. No, it was... One of the two. It was Detroit. If it's going to be one, it's going to be one of those two. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing good happens in Detroit or Or Philadelphia. (laughs) So it's called Cabbage Night some places, because this was a night where roving youths would steal cabbages and just hurl them at houses, like, just for fucking fun. So they'd pick your own cabbage out of your own garden and throw it through your window. Wow. I like their style. I mean, at least they picked it for you. It's like, you're welcome. Honestly, thank you. Because I don't know how hard it is to pick a cabbage, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. So could you pull some carrots while you're at it? Yeah. Would be, like, make a little stew happen. <laughs> pick the rest while you're at it. <laughs> I saw a story about a woman called Elizabeth Krebs who in 1912 was so sick of all of this shit that she decided she was going to do something about it. No more Cabbage Night, no more Devil's Night, not on Elizabeth Krebs' watch, okay? Okay. So she threw a party the next year on Mischief Night, and she invited all the young people in her Kansas village. Hmm. She was hoping that this party would distract and tire out all of the kids and that they wouldn't have energy or time to do bad things. Okay. She was wrong. Okay. They did the bad things. They still did it. Yeah. The community was vandalized just as it had been the year before, but later in the night. Oh, so they came and, like, broke bread and, like, drank her wine and shit. And then they were like, yeah, we're gonna still going to pick everyone's cabbages yeah. and throw them through their windows. 100%. They're like, this bitch is feeding us and fueling us. <laughs> She's giving us the energy that we need. I just drank 10 green teas at Elizabeth Krebs' house, and I'm ready to fucking party. Let's go. <laughs> Bring the demons out of me. <laughs> Let's go. So the next year, you're right, it's October 30th, not 31st. So I'm going to leave that out, okay? Okay. So the following year, in 1914, she got the whole town involved. They hired a big band. They had a costume party. They had, like, this huge parade that everyone was invited to. Hmm. And this time, her plan worked. She made it, like, a whole, like, all-day thing. Everyone in the community came together for this festival. And no one's homes or businesses were vandalized. (laughs) The news of the success traveled outside of Kansas and to other communities, and people started holding Halloween festivals to stop just, like, the utter unbridled carnage that they were used to. Why? Like, why would... I don't understand why throwing a party is the answer to this. I think it's just, like... (laughs) Did they not have, like... I don't know. Police officers, parents couldn't control their children. I'm just... I mean, it was, like... 1914, so people were probably like, kids will be kids. Yeah. I don't fucking and, know. And, like, murder was basically, like, legal then, so, I, like, why weren't people just, like, killing all of these kids? <laughs> You're gonna steal Who my cabbage? Who would work in the factory, You're Nicole? gonna steal my cabbage? On Devil's Night? <laughs> Mischief Night was a serious problem all over the country, and in Canada, a little bit. There's one thing about Canadians. They are very polite, and everyone loves them, just generally great people, but they like to get down on Devil's Night. They pull a cabbage, they throw it through your window, and they go, sorry! So sorry about that. Yeah, and then they hit up the Tim Hortons for more mischief, I guess. <laughs> Give Gen- me all your donuts, please. Generally speaking, they're very polite and, like, 
great people, but on Devil's Night, mm, no holds. Don't fuck with the Canadian. That's it's their version of the Purge, but like <laughs> yes. they're just not polite. <laughs> it's the one night of the year, but they don't have to be polite. I rolled through a stop sign earlier. That's fucking right. <laughs> and we love we love Canadians. You guys, we're not. This is not a shit on Canadians. Like, Honestly, though, but like, try to be grittier. As well as just like honestly, but we're jealous though. Like I wish I were Canadian. I don't yeah. want to live here. I'd I rather just, live there. They get healthcare. You guys get healthcare. Their president's so hot. Oh my god, that ass. Ours is like ninety. Any fucking way. Mischief night was a serious problem all over the country. Uh, no one knows the true beginning of trick or treating, but we have a pretty good idea of where it came from. And this, my children, is my favorite story of all time. It seems it came out of a power struggle between children and adults. Okay, that doesn't seem like a thing that should ever happen. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this. I'm feeling Go like, on. just picturing like the little rascals the whole time. It's like children of the damned style. Yeah. Power struggle between children and adults. So children would vandalize homes, like full full on like burn people's houses down to the ground. Like light shit on fire, trash your fucking crops. Like, let your dog go. Anything and everything these fucking fucked up little hooligans would do. Who was supposed to be watching these children? It was like mob rule. There was <laughs> no controlling these children, okay? So they would vandalize with reckless abandon. And children's were, or, I'm sorry, and adults were so scared of these children that instead of trying to discipline them and control them through, like, brute force yeah it wasn't like didn't every kid just get beat back in the day like what not on devil's night baby not on devil's, <laughs> on devil's night the baby's rule mm. so adults were so scared of these children that instead of like basically like, disciplining them they would try to bribe them and be really nice to them to get them to stop torching their fucking houses <laughs> please don't light my house on fire this year little johnny <laughs> so they would give them donuts and cider or candy and treats and the children would go door to door and be like, "Oi, I'm gonna make them wait." They're they're English? No, they're not. But that's the <laughs> I was just thinking of like Green Street hooligans here. They're, they're Green Street hooligans. Hey, you Mister. There it is. All right. Hey, Mister. Hey, Mister. Hey, Mister. Hey, Mister. That's a nice house you got there. Me a shame if something happened to it. Oh no, little Charlie, please don't. And just like flicks a match at him. He's like, "What do you got in there? What do you uh, got? I got. I, I have this. Not this. enough." donut give us more and there's like 15 like newsies behind him like little children with like a little newspaper caps yeah those and they're like bats that are they're like in their hands they're like right. what do you got in the house mister what you got back there my sister she's real hungry she's looking for some treats be a real shame if your house got lit on fire tonight ah. she likes some extra toasty but we could arrange something like that so so these terrifying children would go door to door and say, mm -hmm. if you don't fucking give us treats, <laughs> we will harm you. We will we will burn your business to the ground. We'll fuck up your kids. Well, probably not. No, they were part of the gang. That's true. The kids were the ones saying it. Edge two, Johnny. Edge two. <laughs> not now, pops. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, they'd like kidnap your wife, maybe. I don't know. I just made that up. But oh. That sounds super fun. Uh, they just would fuck with your shit, man. Kick your dog. Yeah, oh, no. it was like, no, they'd probably, like, take the dog and, like, give the dog the treats that they the also got. The dog would got. be a part of the gang. <laughs> the gang. <laughs> yeah. Kids and dogs, man, they bond. They do. So it was a literal threat. Trick or treat was the threat. Like, oh. give me a treat or you're going to get a motherfucking trick, baby. Mm. 
So they would just do this. Uh, as the years went on, less and less vandalism did take place. But Devil's Night in Detroit happened. Yep. The phrase trick-or-treat actually seems to come from Canada. Um, I'd like to think that American children didn't give them the option. They were just like, trick, trick, trick. Yeah. And then, like, adults would, like, throw food and, like, money at them or whatever. <laughs> but in Canada, they're like, trick-or-treat. Not sorry. <laughs> trick-or-treat. This was first found, this phrase was first found in a 1917 report in the Sioux Daily Star in Sioux St. Marie, Ontario, which mm. is basically right across the border from where Michigan Paracon is. Sioux St. Marie is in where Michigan Paracon is. Yeah, but the Canada side. The Canadian version. The Canadian, yeah. Oh. Sorry about it. Didn't know there was one of those. Yeah, it's like right across. It's Twin Cities, man. Oh, cool. They're cool. the cool. same exact thing. It was once a tradition to hand out little coins, which gives me like John Wick style vibes um, or like little markers. Like AA vibes. Too. Yeah, 100%. Like Alcoholics Anonymous. They give like, <laughs> So these kids would go door to door and they'd have these little coins or like markers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, what you got in the house? And then you'd give them like everything that you fucking had. Mm -hmm. And then they'd give like flick a coin at you and be like, you're safe for now. Oh, so if you had a coin, then you weren't going to get fucked with. Yes. Cool. So businesses and houses would take these coins or little markers and display them like pr as prominently as they possibly could, like in the middle of like their front windows, right? Mm -hmm. So that other trick-or-treaters would know that these people were cool. And like if you asked for a treat, they'd give you a treat and you'd have to burn their house down. Uh, but it was just like a quarter and like everyone had quarters and cause kids are dumb. So like adults would just like put out the quarters that they had. Yeah. And sometimes like these <laughs> roving like gangs of children would be like, yeah, we don't care. And they'd like pull pranks on you anyways. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that was sort of like a, like a, I'm cool. I'm cool. Please don't harm me. Like don't hurt my family again thing. But sometimes kids were like, yeah, we're going to hurt your family if you don't give us lots of things. Wow. I like it. This is my favorite story of all time. Honestly, demand. Children demand what you want. Just <laughs> unbridled power over Children adults. Demanding respect and candy. <laughs> I mean, they all chain smoked at this time, anyways. So it's sort of like in the early 1900s. This is when costumes became popular, so trick or treaters could do their crimes in secret. Hmm. Yeah, I love these spooky ass old Halloween costumes. Like where just children looked like scary little nightmare fuels. <laughs> Have you seen all these incredible things? Well, like, wasn't it? Cause like their parents obviously did like some of them couldn't afford to buy them costumes. So they would just like make whatever like they had, like, yeah. whatever they could find. Yeah. But also like children made them themselves for a while. Cause they're mm -hmm. like, we're going to do crimes, but we got to cover our faces. So no one knows. It's us. <laughs> wouldn't it be fucked up if their parents were like, here are these costumes for you to do crimes on devil's night. That would be me as an adult. <laughs> like, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Yeah. Don't burn our fucking house down again. <laughs> Thank you. In the 1930s, it seems like the whole country was celebrating Halloween with trick-or-treating and costumes. Unfortunately, trick-or-treating was interrupted by World War II due to the sugar ration, which dramatically cut the candy supply. Aww. But it did reemerge in the late 1940s, and it was much tamer. When it came back, it was just like, I mean, like idyllic American suburbia 1940s. Like they, everyone had already experienced so much trauma overseas that like they didn't really yeah, want to deal with their house being burned down once a year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, some people didn't do that. Uh, now we have this trunk or treat bullshit. Mm. Uh, are you familiar with trunk or treating? Yeah, that's just like ugh, a lazy parent's way of being like, here, you got trick or treating. It started as a church thing. Oh. Yeah, like you go to like did. a church parking lot. And because like it was like devil free. Like remember that girl I told you about? <laughs> devil free. Where's, where's the little, I want to say your name. So remember that story I told you about um, the little girl called. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, I love that. That's probably like my favorite. <laughs> what? All of my stories about. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, she's not going to ever listen to this anyway. What if she does? She's going to know that it's her. Well, she was the only one in school that wasn't allowed to wear a costume. So she was got she? like a pumpkin yeah. headband. <laughs> I mean. Because <laughs> her family was real. They probably love trunk or treating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like hit up her Escalade for some. I don't fucking know. <laughs> So, yeah, this started as, like, a churchy thing um, because parents now, I mean, I don't know. When we were young, it was, like, you just went out and trick-or-treated. Like, when you were, like, really little, like, your parents took you. But, like, when you were a little older. Yeah, I would say even when I was, like, well, when I was, like, eight, like, it was, like, we had this neighborhood gang and it was, like, my mom and then her friend who was, like, lived, like, three houses down and their kids and then us. And we would literally come home from school, mm-hmm. rush, eat dinner, fix up our costume if we needed to fix it, mm-hmm. grab our pillowcases. And we would be out trick-or-treating till probably, like, 10. Yeah. 10 p.m. Yeah, that's normal. We would come home, dump our bags, mm-hmm. go back out. Yeah. And then I would have literal – I would literally have – Halloween candy until the next Halloween. Like I'd have to throw it out. That's how you Halloween. That's how you Halloween. You ate two excess by yourself. Your parents are just like, have fucking fun. Don't mm-hmm. burn too many houses down, probably. And you're on your own. And now yeah. it's like a lot of control. And, and I feel every, like it yeah. takes all of the fun out of well, Halloween. And there's some, uh, I don't think our city does, but a lot of cities around us there's a curfew. It's a fucked up. It's like even 7 though, p.m. Yeah, even though our trick-or-treating probably stopped around. I think we got one like last eight. one at 8. Yeah. But, like, yeah, other than that, I, we had, like, a group of teenagers come at, like, 7.30, and I was like, honestly, take the rest of it because I don't want to hand this shit out anymore, mm-hmm. and no one's going to be here, and I don't want to eat it. So yeah, they were like, for real? I'm like, yeah, dude. Jeez. Yeah. Good on you for being 15 and still trick-or-treating because that's cool as hell and Dude, I support that. People are so weird about teens trick-or-treating. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why. I, you know what I say? We bring back Devil's Night. Bring bring back, yeah. Make all the adults and afraid of wish. all of the children. They're going to wish those 15-year-olds still trick-or-treated. I want them. I truly, in my heart of hearts, want them to have that power back. Yes. Because I feel like kids now are like, oh, I'll go trick-or-treating in my neighbor's trunk when we go to the parking mm-hmm. lot. Because I'm scared of going outside on the street and I can't cross the street by myself. (laughs) And before they're like, I'm going to bring your fucking house down. Well, and yeah. And now, because this year Mm -hmm. we were the big candy bar house. Yeah. So we're cool. They're not going to burn our house down. They're going to burn Chad's house down. Uh, uh, Good. They ain't burning our house down, baby. This might be an admittance of arson (laughs) on radio. You will like the flame. I will pay them. In as much candy <laughs> as they want. And I don't know what happened at Chad's house. Mm. I don't know what happened. No one does. Nobody knows. Who's Devil, Chad? That's Devil's Night, baby. 
Yeah, so I think that uh, trunk or treating is bullshit. It is. I think that if you take your children to that, you're soft. It's a cop out. And I am maligning you. Actually, for the first time on this podcast, I <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of angry DMs because I'm sure I understand that it's easier. I no, for I do get parents. that. I know it's tough. I, you know what? I blame the it's government a, for not allowing one parent to stay home. It should be a holiday, and it, yeah, it should be. Why don't we make this we a holiday? Should, yeah, it should be it's a holiday celebrated by like everyone except for like <laughs> parents. You know, <laughs> like she wasn't allowed to, but like everyone else did it. Yeah, so like. It should be a fucking holiday. And just because wasn't allowed to do it doesn't mean that, like, everyone else shouldn't be allowed to do it. Yeah. Like, super sorry that <laughs> that you weren't allowed to do it, but I can. Honestly, sucks to suck. That's right. <laughs> That's fucking right. So. So. Yeah. Sorry. Dumb bitch. <laughs> no, she's just a little catch. She didn't know. She's just a little catch. Just a little catch. I'm just kidding. Um, but I do get it. Yeah, I guess it's easier to just, like, pull up with your car and be like, here's a fucking candy or whatever. Yeah. Because uh, also trick-or-treating starts at, like, 3 o'clock. Yeah, and no one's home from work. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm so saying. It should be a national holiday. It really should. Just saying. Like, that and my birthday. Like, where do we... No, call up Joe. Call Joe Biden. Joe? Call Joe Biden. We, we need to do it again, Joe. <laughs> we need to do it again. <laughs> this time. <laughs> it's personal. <laughs> So you've heard of Detroit Devil's Night. Yes. Okay. Yeah. As we've established, Devil's Night is the night before Halloween. Okay. Right. Lighting fires is a longstanding Devil's Night tradition nationwide. Okay. Devil's Night was born out of public unrest and a love of pranks. What is uh, happening? <laughs> Bill is standing on paper. I was going to say, it sounds like she's playing marbles. <laughs> it was like... She's just like she's just like fat and sitting on paper. Oh, okay. So sorry, my crinkle, my crinkle cat. <laughs> crinkle cat. <laughs> In the 1910s, the youth of Detroit, uh, they got real with Devil's Night. They mm. they took it to another level. A whole another level. Yeah. A whole another level. <laughs> they would light fires and then they would hand out cigars or cigarettes to the firefighters that came to put the fires out. That's so nice. As like a congrats for doing That's your fucking nice. job. Like a backhanded compliment. Welcome. Isn't that fucking hilarious? They, it's like a bowl of cigarettes at a wedding. So classy. Before, before the Olsen twins did it. So classy. I think that's a sick prank. It's like, oh, I lit this on fire, and then someone called, like, 911, and then, like, oh, you did your job. Here, like, the cigar with that house that's on fire. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty harmless for a while. They would just do, like, bonfires, like, in, like, whatever areas. But Wait, then burning people's houses down. No, 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 no. It okay. started with just bonfires, oh, like just like fires, okay, okay. and then it progressed to burning down houses and businesses mm -hmm. indiscriminately. Okay. And then flash forward to 1980s when it got real, real. Shit got fucking real. Unemployment skyrocketed in the 1980s, and Devil's Night turned from sort of like a fun, like also like you might get your house burned down because like this is Detroit mm -hmm. still. Um, night to just really fucking scary so would you say people stopped being polite and they started to get real i would say that okay <laughs> real world detroit devil's night edition <laughs> with an influx of abandoned buildings and homes because people just could not afford to pay for them anymore mm -hmm. the fires started getting bigger and the number of fires increased there was serious fear that the fires would spread and burn the entire city to the ground whoa which like i mean 
Chicago did that once. Yep. We're Been there. Right. <laughs> Do something original Detroit. Right. The average fires on Devil's Night was around 55 each year. That's 55 houses and businesses. Jeez. Um, until 1983, when the city reported 553 fires in one night. And then again in 1984, when the city had 810 fires. What? Part of this is actually believed to be property owners torching their own buildings for mm. insurance and then blaming it on, like, ne'er-do-well children. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I also think is sort of fun, because you know how I feel about big insurance. Yeah. 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 Honestly, get that get that money, honey. Can we, can, I wish this was, like, I know it's an audio medium, but you're just doing a lot of great dances. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> After this, the mayor of Detroit instituted a, quote, no more Devil's Night campaign. Oh, okay. Yeah. they hired, that easy. Yeah. He's like, you know what? We're done. We're just not doing it That's anymore. That's it. We're not. We did it last year, and now we're done. Okay. He hired 8,000 cops from neighboring cities to patrol overnight, and he instituted a dusk till dawn curfew for anyone under the age of 18. The year that he did this, there were only 370 fires. And they were, like, honestly pretty stoked about it. They're like, guys, we did it, Joe. <laughs> we did it, Joe. Like, how were there any buildings left in Detroit if hundreds of buildings were being burned down every single year? You're, you're telling me that the prior year it was 810. <laughs> yeah. And I got that off of, like, a Detroit.gov website. Yeah, like how uh, how were there any buildings left? How to many burn buildings the are year? there in Detroit? Is what I want to know. <laughs> right, I would like to see that statistic too. That would be great, honestly. Mischief Night is still celebrated in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and Michigan, but it also pops up just kind of all around the country too. Popular pranks, besides almost burning entire cities to the ground, include toilet papering houses. Mm, yes, which I, I love a TP. I love. You know what? I haven't TP'd a house since high school. Should we? It's been too long. Let's go. Chad's. It'd be so easy to get away. We live We live right next door. He would to never suspect. <laughs> he would never suspect it. Yeah, but you know what it sucks about that now, though? Mm. Is that everyone has a goddamn ring doorbell. I know. Well, it's taking the fun. Taking the fun, babe. That's Ooh, why costumes were invented. So yeah. people didn't know you were the one threatening them. Oh, yeah. That's fucking right. Let's All dress right. up like 1940s newsies. I'm going to dress up as Guy tradition. Fieri oh, okay. and do crime within our city. <laughs> the mayor's here, bitch. Welcome to Flavortown, motherfuckers. And then just like open flames behind you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Be so great, right? That's really great. What should I do? I've, I've got the costume this. already. I'm gonna dress up like Nancy Reagan. Yes. The throat goat. Mm hmm Yeah. I believe I believe that's a fantastic duo. Thank you. <laughs> Nancy <laughs> Yeah, I would be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Other popular pranks are egging, which again so fun. So fun. Soaping windows, which I've never done. What is that? It's like you just take like a bar of soap and like rub it on people's windows. It's just like to be annoying. Or like Dawn dish soap and like squirt Maybe it. To like, I don't know, just like fuck with people's That like seems like it's too windows. risky. You know, it's, you'd have to do it when close. people were sleeping. Yeah. I'm more of like a put a liver in someone's mailbox kind of person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. Yeah. It's a fun fact. We've done that before. We have. <laughs> dog food on a lawn. Yep. Love it. Just anything we could find, really. It was great. Raided our parents' pantries. Have you ever forked <laughs> a yard? I have, have actually. You? Mm -hmm. Is it not tedious? It is very tedious. I think, like, we did, like, 
each person did like five and then we were like, this is stupid. Like, let's not do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. It was a plastic fork. So like it was like hard getting them in the ground too. Mm, so I, I, it, it definitely did not work as well as no. people claim that it does. Uh, smashing pumpkins, classic, classic band, classic prank. Uh, do you want to hear my impression of Billy Corgan on a roller coaster? Yes, I do. That was really good. <laughs> thank you. That was great. That was really great. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'd like to clip that and for promo. Thank you. Please do. Uh, um, also, people did something that I've never heard of called Knock Knock Ginger. What's that? It's basically like Ding Dong Ditch, but it involves also sometimes breaking windows. Oh. So. So. Okay. Yeah, and uh, when I was looking this up, I did find that sometimes people, like, die playing Knock Knock Ginger. How? Okay, so I have a couple a couple of these instances I just wanted to read. This, like, has very little to do with Halloween at this point, but yeah. I'm just obsessed with this, like, people dying playing this, like, Halloween prank. Right. So, in 2016, a 14-year-old boy was shot in the back in the arm while running away playing Knock Knock Ginger in Oklahoma. He knocked, like, ding-dong ditched this man's house mm-hmm. and ran, and the homeowner came out and shot him with a shotgun. Well, I mean, it's Oklahoma. Do you expect anything less? No, I don't, actually. You're right. Get off my property, boy. Property. <laughs> property. Also, an ex-cop from San Francisco called Dean Taylor, who was 63 at the time, which seems very important to also say an ex-cop, 63 mm. years old, named Dean Taylor, was arrested after two boys played Knock Knock Ginger, and he decided that it would be a really great idea to get into his car, chase them down, cut one of the boys off with the car, almost hitting him, get out, grab the boy by the neck, drag him into the back of his car, and tell the boy that he would put a bullet in his head if he ever pranked him again. He then dropped this boy off, and he was arrested on felony charges of kidnapping, making criminal threats, false imprisonment, battery, and child endangerment. Wait, you mean he was actually arrested and Because he was an ex-cop, if he had been a, a real... Still, I mean, it's kind surprising, of crazy, right? It's it was crazy. also San Francisco, pretty woke. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think the ding-dong ditching is hilarious and harmless, and that man's a fucking insane person. I used to love ding-dong ditching. It's, like, so cute. Yeah. Right? Like, what do you get out of it? Oh, no one's at my door. Ugh. <laughs> I was waiting for an Amazon package and you pranked me. I thought we were my Amazon package. In 2016, at a New Orleans Mischief Night Festival, bonfires were lit, police cars were hit with paint, buckets of paint, and a now-removed white supremacist monument was broken apart with a sledgehammer. All... Wow. Top tier pranks, in my opinion. Honestly, yeah. That's how you do mischief night right. That's, yep. Yeah. You light shit on fire, you assault police officers and their cars, <laughs> Yes. and you break monuments. Yeah. I think it's great. If it's a white supremacist monument, yeah. You, you break that shit. Tear that bitch down. Tear it to the ground. Classic mischief night prank. In Queens, New York, Cabbage Night is supposedly alive and well. Which includes throwing all sorts of fruits and vegetables and eggs at people's houses, cars, or sometimes the people themselves. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If I was walking down the street and someone threw an egg at me, I'd probably laugh super hard. <laughs> I'd be like, the fuck? And then he'd be like, actually, that was kind of funny. That's a great aim, honestly. 
That's yeah. sort of fun, right? Yeah. In Camden, New Jersey, um, in one mischief night from the 1990s, it ended with more than 130 arson attacks. So that's okay. <laughs> mischief nights alive and well, people. <laughs> I love it. You keep on, you keep up with the trunk or treating bullshit, and that shit's gonna come back full force. <laughs> you know what? I, and I hope it does. I'm here for it. Give the kids what they deserve. Yeah, arson and candy. Yes, that yes. Candy first, then arson, or else, or candy and arson together at the same time. Also, I want to end this episode on the notion of poisoned Halloween candy. This is one of those things that started as an urban legend and then became real, which is fascinating. There have been no cases of strangers killing or permanently injuring children with poison candy. What? Zero. Oh, okay. Strangers. Strangers. Keyword here. Okay. Yes. There are no cases of drugs, like deadly drugs, being given instead of Halloween candy. Yeah. Drugs are expensive. People are not giving away drugs for free. Yeah. No one's giving your kids drugs. If people have drugs, they're taking them themselves. Yeah. Honestly. No one's going to put ecstasy in your kids' fucking Smarties, okay? No. No one's doing it. No. If you're taking ecstasy, you don't have the fucking <laughs> bandwidth to put, to open up a Smarties packet, <laughs> stick a take out a there. couple of the Smarties, <laughs> put in an ecstasy, and wrap it back up like, <laughs> this is going to be so funny. I'm just, I'm not even going to see it happen. That's how funny it's going to be. Like, what's the payoff for I'm that, I'm going to waste all my, my drugs, though. Those are so expensive. Yeah. Why is anyone doing those? No one, no one is. No one's doing it. No one's doing it. This myth has been around since, like, the 1940s when, like, people decided they should be scared of everyone. Yeah, razor blades and the candy bars <sighs> bullshit. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Urban legend. But it really took off in the 80s and the 90s. Some hospitals would offer free x-raying of candy. Shut up, really? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I thought I broke my knee earlier this year, <laughs> and I had to pay hundreds of dollars <laughs> with insurance. <laughs> Before your deductible, and they were just X-raying candy for fucking free. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's terrible. That's so American and Isn't also it? hilarious. I literally thought my knee was broken, and they're like, "That's going to be nine hundred dollars <laughs> with insurance," and they're like, "You pay monthly for." They're like, "Yeah, just throw this candy in this X-ray machine for fucking free, nine hundred times. That's free. It doesn't cost us anything." My God, that's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, was, I was like furious writing this. You know how you angry uh, type emails? I was yeah. like angry researching. <laughs> We were always told to have our candy inspected mm-hmm. or we couldn't eat anything. Um, also, we were told, I was at least as a child, not to eat anything that was like had already been opened. Yeah, it was like, check your candy and if anything's open, you got to throw that away. Yeah, or like things like a pre, like not prepackaged candy. Mm-hmm. So like if someone made like cookies or something, yeah. like you could like eat Like popcorn those. balls. I remember somebody made popcorn balls and it was somebody that I didn't know. And my mom was like, yeah, you got to throw that away. I literally love popcorn balls so much. But I love them. I know me too. They're so good. They're so good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched Gentleman Broncos and she had her country Mm. balls. Yeah. Country balls. So good. Um, Which I think, I'm just going to put this out there. Mm -hmm. What if this was some kind of insidious effort from Big Candy, from Mars themselves or Hershey or some fucking shit to be like, only eat pre-packaged candy you bought from the store. 
Because, like, this whole time, homemade, like, donuts and, like, popcorn balls and, like, cider and shit, that yeah. was the tradition. Yeah, but, I mean, people are fucking really weird now, though. So, I, if I had a child... I wouldn't allow them to eat strangers' homemade goods. You wouldn't let them. But eat- then again, if you go to like a bake sale, yeah. But then you, were you don't know. It. But you it's like a, usually it's like a school or something or like an organization. So like you can tie it back to that organization. Maybe if you're just like randomly trick or treating, yeah, I for sure would be like, nope, throw I would, it out. I would eat it. I would eat that popcorn <laughs> you would, ball. You would play popcorn ball roulette. Yeah, fuck it. That's <laughs> fucking sick. <laughs> I did find exactly one instance of children being given something by an angry adult okay. um, that harmed them, some could say. Okay. Uh, they were given laxatives by an angry dentist in 1959. Okay. All the children were fine. Uh, the dentist, his name was William Shine, was charged with, quote, outrage of public decency and unlawful dispensing of drugs. But again, no children died. They were all fine. They just like shit their pants for like a day. And the dentist was like, that's what you get for eating sugar. Very bad for the Oh, that's children. why he did it? Because yeah. they were eating sugar? Yeah, I was pissed off about it. So he gave them laxatives to like teach them a lesson. <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? I think it's great. It's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. In 1964, a woman from Long Island gave away dog biscuits and pieces of steel wool for Halloween. Um, Nobody ate the steel wool, though, right? No, yeah, again, no one died because children will not eat steel wool. (laughs) And dog treats are technically safe for human consumption. And hot take. Some of them, not that bad. I've tasted so many dog treats. Literally every time I get a dog treat that looks like kind of good. Like fancy? I'll take a little bite of it before I give it to Abra. They're so cute. They're so cute. Especially the ones where you can get like from the bakery and they have like the frosting on it. Like those little pizzas. Yeah, the little pizzas. I've definitely eaten. Tried one of those pizzas. Wow. You're no better than this woman from Long Island giving them to There's children. A, I mean, it's all regular ingredients. It's just food, man. It's just food. It's just some is for dogs. <laughs> yeah. And also children are not going to eat steel wool. No. No. And there's no, like, that I can find, like, malicious, like, intent behind any of this. She's probably like, oh, like, I'm old. <laughs> she just had a lot of steel wool lying yeah, around her like, house. This, give this to your mother. She ran kidding. out of dog biscuits. So. Yeah. In 1964, also, there was a media report of lye-filled bubblegum being handed out in Detroit and rat poison being given out in Philadelphia. There we go. I didn't even read this before. Twin Cities. (laughs) But this seems to be completely made up. There are zero Mm. police or hospital reports showing that this ever happened. So it's just like bad things happen in Philly and bad things happen in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's it never actually happened. Gotcha. Around the Chicago Tylenol murders in 1982, which mm. we have a very good episode Got on. An episode. By the way, people began to freak out that candy would be tampered with. But again, that never happened. Like ever. Yeah. A researcher called Joel Best because he's the best at what he does. He's the best around. Joel is never going to keep you down. <laughs> He specializes in the scholarly study of candy tampering legends. That is a, a degree that an actual person can have. Joel Best has it. <laughs> he specializes in the <laughs> scholarly study. Is that fun? I mean, I guess there's got to be an expert on everything. I think it's really fun. He collected <laughs> newspaper reports from 1958 to 1983 in search of evidence of candy tampering. Mm-hmm. 
Fewer than 90 of the instances that he did find qualified as actual candy tampering. But again, there were no deaths attributed to any of these instances. So, like, he would find one where, like, parents called, like, like 911 and were like, mm-hmm. my son's candy was open. We threw it away. And the cops were like, okay. Cool. And, like, wrote it down. But, like, <laughs> n- nothing happened with, like, any of this. Huh. It seems that most of the cases of children actually getting hurt were either adults trying to receive financial compensation or children trying to get attention. Mm. Yep, that tracks. Yeah, so like, Mommy, I ate a razor blade. And then they didn't. Mm -hmm. And then they would get a free x-ray. Not me. (laughs) And it would be... be You know what we should have done? We should have told the doctors. Okay. That I was a piece of tampered candy. We should have told them that you ate. You could have possibly eaten a piece of tampered Halloween candy. And then maybe, just maybe... You would have gotten that free x-ray. Or just that you were a piece of candy. And that you needed to be x-rayed for safety for a child. Bring me in in a pillowcase. Wear a witch's costume. Bring me into a hospital in a pillowcase. Hey, Mr. Mister. I was just looking at motionless. Candy here. It is I, a piece of candy. I believe I contain a hypodermic needle. We'll Please, just assist me. Wrap you in like saran wrap or something. Cut like a hole for my mouth. <laughs> Put like a box cutter out of it. <laughs> This is a perfect place. Honestly, I don't see how it wouldn't work. <laughs> so there were five cases that were initially blamed on poison candy that were proven to be false, like almost immediately. That's what this Joel Best guy found. Okay. In 1970, a five-year-old boy called Kevin Tonson from Detroit died. Tostin. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> but I'm a dumb, dumb woman with bad eyesight. <laughs> Kevin Tostin, <laughs> Tostin, from Detroit, died after finding and eating his uncle's heroin. Oh. Yeah. The family attempted to protect the uncle by claiming that the drug had been sprinkled in the child's Halloween candy. Mm. But it was pretty obvious that the child uh, actually just consumed mass amounts of heroin. And it wasn't, like, lightly sprinkled on a Snickers. Right. So, like, he ate enough to kill, like, all of you. 45 adults. Oh, my God. It was, like... So much heroin. Wow. In 1978, a two-year-old from Flint, Michigan, called Patrick Wiederhold, died after eating Halloween candy. However, the toxicity tests found no evidence of poison, Hmm. and his death was determined to be due to natural causes. So not sure what that was, but it wasn't poison candy he just ate like a shit ton of candy what? and then died. And his parents were like, the candy, it was poisoned. It was poisoned. But it, his like tox. Was he like allergic to something in it? Maybe. Oh, maybe he just fucking died. It's like children like die too. sometimes. But like I mean, how much, how much candy do you think a child could eat before they die? Probably a fuck ton. Yeah. I mean, the human stomach can hold like 12 pounds of food. Yeah. So like if a child can hold like, tw- like six pounds of food. I don't know. Maybe it's he, a lot of candy. Maybe he died of like insulin. Like maybe it was like insulin resistant or something. Mm, I don't fucking know. Yeah, maybe it was like diabetes. Okay, maybe it was like diabetes. Yeah, but they just proved basically like it wasn't poisoned candy. He just died and happened to have just eaten a shit ton of candy okay. like moments before. In 1990, a little girl, seven year old girl called Ariel Katz from Santa Monica, California, died while trick or treating. She had been eating candy while she was trick or treating. And early reports 
early press reports blamed poison candy. Mm -hmm. Despite her parents telling her that she had previously been diagnosed with a serious medical condition, and it was likely her enlarged heart that made her die while trick-or-treating. Okay. But the news was like, little girl poisoned to death while trick-or-treating. Of course. Yeah, so they just, like, sensationalized it, and people, like, her parents were, like, really fucking pissed about it. Mm -hmm. In 2001, a four-year-old girl in Vancouver died after eating Halloween candy. However, again, there was no evidence that this candy was poisoned, and she actually probably died of an infection in her lungs that she previously had. But again, this was blamed on poison candy and then proven almost immediately that it was not that. Yeah, because if you – you can't just say poisoned candy because it takes even now a long time for, like, toxicology Mm -hmm. reports to come out. So night of, how can anyone claim that? That doesn't make any sense. I have no idea. But, I mean, people love to jump to conclusions. They do. And the closest we have to this urban legend actually being true is in 1974 – when an eight-year-old boy in Deer Park, Texas, died after eating cyanide-laced package of pixie sticks. Mm. The police determined that the poison candy had been planted in his trick-or-treat bag by the boy's father, Ronald Clark O'Brien. The police determined that the poison candy had been planted in his trick-or-treat bag by the boy's father, Ronald Clark O'Brien, who also gave out poison candy to other children in an attempt to cover up the murder but no other children ate the poison treats. Yeah. So it that, just, like, backfired. That's the one that I've heard of. And I've, I've always wondered, because, I mean, I've just, like, read briefly about it. But mm. how did they know that he did it? He, like, had cyanide and shit. Like, he wasn't fucking sneaky about it at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they knew. Yeah, because wasn't it, like, his friends also? But it was, like, only, like, the group that he was in got it or something. Yeah, and, like, only his kid died and, like, yeah. none of the other children. I love Pixie Sticks. Me too. Like, as an adult woman even. Yeah. And I always went for Pixie Sticks first. Oh, yeah. The so, giant like, ones that you would oh get at, like, your brother's, like, Little League game from the concessions. Amazing. So good. Like, two foot of, like, just pure sugar. Pure sugar. That's the food for me. And then if you got the blue one, then your whole mouth would just be blue and you'd just be running around like, You should eat Pixie Sticks. Yeah, I should. Fuck yeah. Those were the best. They were the best. So Ronald Clark O'Brien did this because he wanted to claim life insurance money money on his child, but instead he was found guilty of murder and was executed in 1984. Damn. Wow. Also, I saw all over the fucking internet this year that there were news reports that were like, oh, we have cases of rainbow fentanyl that look just like candy being distributed. Okay. First of all, may I rant about fentanyl for one minute? Yeah. It was planted by the fucking cops. You don't you don't die from fentanyl by touching it. You fucking don't. No. You just you don't. And who claims to fucking need like all this medical intervention and shit? It's the fucking cops. Because the cops are not your fucking friends. And the yeah. government doesn't like us. And no one's giving your kids fentanyl. No one's giving your kids drugs, they're period. Not. They're really not. No, and, like, it was, like, this photo of, like, rainbow fentanyl, and they're, like, all these, like, pretty colors and shit. Like, oh, fucking K, that's even a thing, right? <laughs> rainbow, yeah. Yeah. So, um. like, let's just all stop with all this bullshit, and let's stop with this episode, because that's all I have for Halloween and trick-or-treating. All right. I'm trying to see. I think I had a... Okay, I do. I have a um, a brief 
I have a very, very brief listener mail. This actually came in through the form of a DM. Ooh. Yeah, so this one, since, I mean, this is actually, this is a pretty long episode. Mm. So um, we're going to stick with just a, just a brief, brief DM that we got from Julia. And she okayed that we could read this. So she says, hi, ladies. I have to share my personal experience with the Quiverful Movement, parentheses, cult. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the 80s, and my parents briefly got involved in the teachings of Bill Gothard. Oh, got hard. Got hard. Bill got hard. Thankfully, they didn't take it very far. However, I did babysit for a family that was pretty hardcore, although the only... Although they only had three kids because the mom had lots of complications with each pregnancy. I remember watching the daughter once and asking her if she wanted to listen to some Christian rock music. And she told me, no, that was a devilish beat. <laughs> yeah, dude. Remember we talked about that? Yeah. You couldn't like listen to like syncopated music because it was yeah. like... Devilish beat. <laughs> fucking amazing. So when I told my parents about your pod, I told them, I can't believe you guys actually followed this shit. My mom laughed sheepishly, sheepishly and my dad said, you mean cult? Anyway, great job on this one. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you, Julia. I was a little bit worried to do, like, a religion as, like, a, an episode. Yeah. I mean, and then we did three of them. Uh- <laughs> But it's it's a little bit scary to like offend people, you know. Like I would love right. to do like a Mormonism one, right? Because that would be fucking just thick, thick, yeah, deep so right there. People, yes, but I I'm agree. I'm afraid of hurting people's feelings a little too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mormon is they're yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, thanks, Julie. That's super fun, and I hope you all listen to a little sick devilish paint later. If you know what I mean? Yeah, like Seether <laughs> or. Uh, uh, Breaking sh- Benjamin. Shine down. Shine down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got. All right. Well, if any of you guys have anything you would like to send us, any weird stuff that's happened to you, any just like, I don't know, personal stories on some of the topics that we've talked about, you can send that to quite unusual pod at gmail.com. Mm hmm. You can also slip your side into our DMs, but honestly, that gets kind of messy sometimes. So if you really, really, really want us to read mm-hmm. your story, I would suggest sending it to the email, quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. Yes, and we are on all of the social means. We're under Quite Unusual Pod. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are on Twitter, although Twitter... <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just know what you're going to say. Although Twitter is dying. <laughs> We so. were going to buy that. We were going to spend $8 for the verification. We're going to do it. Um, so you guys know it's us. It's definitely us. Definitely 100% it's us. definitely totally and us. not someone else pretending to be us. Not skinwalkers <gasps> attempting to be us. Um, but Twitter's dying. So, I mean, you can follow us over there. Twitter's sort of fun. Um, but also, I we're going to start a Tumblr. This is I'm not joking. We're starting a Tumblr. That's because we're 14. That's where we're going with this. Uh, we also are have we, a, a are my, we starting a Tumblr. I started one. You did not start. How does that even still exist? Tumblr is real and alive, and they're mm. begging people to go there. So mm. we're going to Tumblr, people. Right. Uh, hit us up, quite usual pod at Tumblr. Uh, we have an OnlyFans. We have um, what else do we have? You could just shout into the wind. We'll probably hear it. Really good hearing. So hit us up there. Also, if you want to send us anything physical, you want to send us. Uh, Maybe something spooky, a little note, a little card, a little, 
clump of cat hair that you want us to eat or something, you can mail that to us to P.O. Box 1212, Des Plaines, Illinois, 60017. And we do also have a Patreon if you would like to support the pod in any way you would like to. There's different tiers. But we also have a couple shout-outs. So we do have some new Patreon members. So welcome to C1X. Welcome to Sean A. Welcome, welcome to the coven. Welcome to the coven. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. Thank you, but unusual. Bye. Oh, wait, didn't we get... (laughs) (laughs) Leave in the (laughs) wah-wah. All right. And this is the part of the show, my personal favorite part of the show, where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters of the podcast, and all-around benevolent beings. Since this is Halloween, all hollow-tide, mm. we are going to simply shout out our benevolent beings. Halloween costumes this year. Tim M., when does the wandering spirit of Ash Ketchum that will only rest once he does, in fact, get them all? Evan K., was a sexy crayon. The color, you ask? Sultry sapphire. Mm, so hot. KTT, dressed as Agent Scully and carried around a life-size doll of Mulder that she definitely didn't already own and use as a body pillow. Katie, if you actually have one of those, please tell me. Actually, yeah, you if you can send that to, to P.O. Box. Not to know. One, two, one, two. We'll buy it around. It's fine. You don't have you, to send us one. We will pay you. We can just let us know the details. Thank you. Adam Kay was a killer clown from Kansas. Mm. Basically a killer clown from outer space costume, but with an accent and overalls. Very chic. Mm. John S. Dressed as Garfield. That's just his regular look for Mondays, though. I mean, it is lasagna day. Oh, and he looks great in orange, to Mm. be honest. It's definitely his color. Caitlin R. Dressed as a haunted Victorian doll. She just kept repeating, Oi, mister, are you me dead? Very spooky. Very, very spooky. Alex C. was dressed in her regular clothes because serial killers, well, they look just like the rest of us. Truly, truly terrifying. Truly. And Jeff S., who decided this year he would dress as all of the Spice Girls all at once. Mm. He looked great. He was so sporty. He was so scary. He was so baby. So ginger and, need I say, so posh. Mm. You know what, Jeff S., we do want to be your lover. But we know we have to get with your friends. And we would make it last forever because friendship never ends. It does not. Thank you to all of our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We are nothing. We're not worthy. We are not worthy. We're we're not worthy. We're so terrible. We're not worthy. I'm going to use this as our new purgatory cry. Oh. 